0: This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour.
1: This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, December 16th, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, hundreds of thousands of workers in the United Kingdom went on strike this week and are planning more strikes. The General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation has stepped down from his post in the midst of a police inquiry into bribery. The Labor Start report about union events and singing.
0: Hold that line, hold that line, sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line. Hold that line, hold that line, sisters, brothers, never we can stand and hold that picket line.
1: This is Radio Labor. Hundreds of thousands of workers in the United Kingdom are fed up with real cuts to their wages because of inflation and government austerity programs. This week, 100,000 nurses, 115,000 postal employees, 100,000 education workers, 40,000 rail workers have taken strike action. More workers, such as 150,000 civil servants, have voted to strike. That adds up to half a million workers on strike or planning a strike in December. And there are many other strikes being planned. In any other country, this would be called a workers' uprising. One of the unions which went on strike this week and is planning more is the Royal College of Nursing, the RCN, which is the UK's largest nursing union. The strike affected England, Wales and Northern Ireland. It is the largest strike in the RCN's 106-year history. Pat Cullen is the General Secretary of the RCN.
2: Our nursing staff are on the breadline. They're not able to afford their bills. Some of them aren't even able to afford travel to get to their work, for goodness sake. Of course, there are many other terms and conditions we would like uh, this government to sort out for our nurses. Absolutely. But pay is fundamental if we are going to try and keep the nurses we've got in the health service and try and recruit more in. 50,000 vacancies in this country. I said we'd get round a table and talk about this. The meeting that I had with um, Steve Barkley a few days back and once again brought into a room and told, you can talk about anything you wish to talk to me about, but we will not be talking about pay. And until I can get into a room and talk about pay to the ministers, then I'm afraid I'm not going to negotiate for the hundreds of thousands of nurses that will be on picket lines. They owe those nurses um, everything to get into a room and start to talk about pay. Surely to goodness, that's the only respectful thing they could do at this stage. Instead of, instead of what they're doing, they are allowing those hundreds of thousands of nurses to actually go on to picket lines and stand out in the cold when they want to be inside looking after their patients. We had an opportunity to stop the spin and start to speak a few days ago. I was very optimistic going to that meeting, hoping that at least we would have some sense shown um, and then we could actually have stopped the strike. But in fact, that was never going to be on the cards for this government. They brought us into a room. They marched us up to the top of the hill again and they abandoned our nursing staff and you cannot ignore their voices you absolutely cannot they're not asking for as i keep saying their pockets to be lined with gold they're wanting a decent decent wage that isn't they are entitled to a decent wage and if we are going to try and address the issues within our health service we need to retain our nurses that we've got in the health service those nurses that that are not able to get their annual leave they're not able they're working every hour that's available to them to keep the health service going. They should do the decent thing and get into a room and negotiate with me. I've also said if they find that that maybe isn't isn't suitable for them that we will do it through conciliation. I don't think that's very much for our profession to ask and I don't think that any minister should suggest or ask that we would negotiate on our ways and not give us the respect and get into a room with us. Our waiting lists are at 7.2 million people in this country waiting year-on-year-on waiting lists, languishing on waiting lists. And why are they? Because we haven't got the nurses to be able to care and treat those patients. So the the ministers will continue to talk about if we take money from um, the elective care waiting lists and give it to the nurses, then we won't be able to address the elective care waiting lists. But you'll address no waiting lists. If you do not have the nursing staff to actually care and treat those patients, they're actually one of the same thing. So this is, again, all part of the spin that's put on this about taking from patients and giving to nurses. It's nurses that look after patients. Uh, and without nursing staff, patients in this country are getting a pretty raw deal, sitting on waiting list year after year when their treatments should be given to them at a time when they require them. And then they can get on and live their fruitful and normal lives and, and continue to tr- contribute to society. When in fact, because of the ill health and the increases in their ill health and their chronic conditions, they can't do that. So everything leads back. Everything leads back to paying nurses a decent wage and ensuring we can recruit staff into the health service and retain those nurses we've got.
1: Another union which went on strike this week was the RMT, which represents some 40,000 rail workers. The RMT's General Secretary is Mick Lynch.
3: Network Rail have decided to start <clears throat> excuse me, start imposing their unacceptable changes that our members voted against. So they have told us that no matter what happens, they will impose uh, work-life balance changes and changes to the working practices, and the cuts to the safety inspection regime on the railway by 50%. So we had to respond to that. So the additional strike action that we're putting on is during the Christmas shutdown, as, as uh, from Christmas Eve, the railway shuts down for engineering works. And during that period, our members will take additional strike action which is frankly targeted at Network Rail's engineering works rather than the passenger service. Network Rail are bringing a series of changes on a, what they call a modernising maintenance programme. That involves cutting 50% of maintenance scheduled tasks. So They will cut the safety regime and the inspection regime by 50%. They want to move our members to a far greater level of unsocial hours, so Saturday nights, weekend work, midweek nights. They're seeking to change their competency uh, levels, they want them to work outside their current skills. For many of our members in Network Rail, pay is secondary to the changes to their working lives and the fact that they probably won't (coughs) see their families at the levels that they're used to and the the unsocial hours element is very important to them. On the train operating companies, they want to shut every booking office in Britain, they want to bring in driver-only operation and many other changes to our people's terms and conditions that are not acceptable at this stage, all at a cut price, way below inflation uh, pay increase. The strike action we're taking at Christmas is during the Christmas close-down, where there will be no passenger services running after the evening of December the 24th. So that does not impact on Christmas, because the railway is closed down from the 25th to the 26th, into the 27th. And that's when we're taking the action... This week's action was given with three weeks' notice, well in advance, so that we could get negotiations going, and we haven't actually had strike action for eight weeks. So there's been plenty of time for the company to support proposals that may be acceptable, and our members have, ex- have rejected those proposals on Network Rail on a turnout of 83%. Six, two-thirds of them voted against the proposals. So we have to move this dispute forward. I have no intention of spoiling people's Christmas... The government is, is contributing to that, that spoiling of people's Christmas because they've brought these strikes on by stopping the companies from making suitable proposals. And we'll have to keep this dispute going until we get a reasonable settlement and a reasonable set of proposals that our members want to accept. We've still got plenty of time before the Christmas Eve strikes. If Andrew Haynes and the train operating companies, Hugh Merriman, the rail minister and uh, Mark Harper, the Secretary of State, want to come to me with a set of serious proposals to improve their office so that we can get a settlement to the dispute. We'll come over and see them as soon as possible. And when our members decide that they want to accept it, that's when the dispute will be finished.
1: In other news, the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation, Luca Vicentini, stepped down from his post on December 14th, pending a special meeting of the Confederation's General Council. The ITUC is the body which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress and the AFL-CIO in the United States. Mr. Vicentini's stepping down from his post comes after he was questioned by police in Belgium about a bribery case involving Qatar and four people, including a vice president of the EU parliament. The four remain in jail. Mr. Vicentini was questioned by the police but released. He said he had answered all the questions put to him and is innocent of any wrongdoing. Any form of corruption, he said, is unacceptable. The ITUC's 85-member General Council, which includes representatives from ITUC affiliates around the world, is the supreme governing body of the Confederation between its world congresses. It will meet on December 21st to discuss the matter. In the interim, Deputy General Secretary Owen Tudor, re-elected at the ITUC's Congress in Melbourne last month, will fulfill the functions of the General Secretary. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder.
4: This week, our top stories section included links to coverage of the questioning by Belgian authorities of the International Trade Union Confederation's new General Secretary, demands for the release of an hospitality workers' union leader after her arrest by Cambodian police, and of course, we had a considerable number of stories about the massive wave of wage strikes that are sweeping Britain. We also carried news of coming solidarity demos in support of persecuted trade unionists in Belarus, the Dutch government's commitment to safer workplaces after years of campaigning by unions there, and the position of Peruvian unions on the political chaos in that country. And this week, our volunteers continued to track wage strikes around the world and the special characteristics those struggles have taken in health care, where the problems posed by inflation are compounded by the effects of three years of the pandemic. On our Working Women page this week, you'll find news about the International Federation of Journalists-led campaign to change the way women are represented in reporting on politics in Europe, a renewed push for gender pay equity by the Nurses Union in New Zealand, and yet more denunciations of the Iranian regime by global unions. We also had coverage of the dismal conditions for women workers on Australian construction sites where they lack even the most basic sanitary facilities. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week included the very good news that the historic Bangladesh Accord on Garment Worker Safety is being extended to include Pakistan, how Canadian workers who have been injured at work are organizing for better benefits and for basic respect from employers and government, and why the fight against asbestos is continuing in Europe. Our current photo of the week is of Irish retail workers, members of Mandate, as they continue their push for a wage increase that matches the rate of inflation. This is Derek Blackadder from LaborStart, reporting for Radio Labor.
1: Now here is Robin Roberts with hold that line
0: hold that line hold that line sisters brothers never weaken stand and hold that picket line We're standing here together, one for all and all for one And we'll keep right on here standing till our victory we have won We're united in our struggle, no there's none us can divide We'll yield nothing to the enemy cause we've justice on our side now hold that line, hold that line Sisters, brothers, never weaken, stand and hold that picket line line against the bosses when they try to drive us back hold that line against the coppers and their arm baton attacks hold that line against the government against all enemies of our class hold that line against the scabs to know we'll never let them pass hold that line hold that line sisters brothers never weaken can stand and hold that picket line Hold that line against the World Bank and against the IMF Hold that line and keep on holding it as long as we have breath Hold that line against their dogma Hold that line against their creed Hold that line to save the future from their plunder and their greed Sing it now, hold that line, hold that line Sisters, brothers, never weaken, stand and hold That picket line
1: And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.